Well, Steve and I are related now by marriage. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, man. Still haven't got that dowry yet. This is Steve. Steve. <laughs> man, I gotta tell you about Steve. I know I'm supposed to be serious, but I'll try to be. I'll tell you what's really awesome about this guy. Have you ever been cornered in a, a guy's shop and preached to? How many of you have ever been cornered in a guy's shop and preached to? All right, these two right here. And then several of the other. Yes. I'll tell you what, he's a great preacher. Man, he was laying it out. It was all Old Testament and showing the, the New Testament realities. Really excited about tonight. I asked him to do the cornerstone lesson right out of the chute to set the stage. And uh, so he calls me up and he says, that's an awesome passage in the book of Psalms, but I was wondering if I could bring in an additional passage that speaks about our hope in prophecy. And it was absolutely right on the money. So I'm really excited about what he's got to share tonight. And he's leading us out, and the foundation that he builds tonight is going to be built upon by our brother Dennis afterwards. And both of these men have a great message to share. So take it away, brother. I love you. Thank you, God. So, believe it or not, I do wear these for protection when Bill speaks to me, but they also double as cheaters because as age gets a hold of us, sometimes we, we need to be able to read things and see things. And My wife did offer to let me borrow her purple and pink ones, but these will work. <laughs> so I do appreciate the opportunity that, uh, that Bill's given me to, to be able to preach on um, the hope. And I can tell you right now, I'm pretty compassionate about that hope, because it, it lays out a really good message. Uh, so if everyone would, uh, turn to the Psalms chapter 62. Psalms chapter 62, and this is what Bill gave me as the, the opening. So, Psalms chapter 62, and we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 12. My soul waits in silence for God only. For Him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold, I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will you assail a man that you may murder him, all of you? Like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence, they have counseled only to thrust him down from his high position. They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouth, but inwardly they are cursed. My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken on God my salvation and my glory rest. The rock of my strength, my refuge, is in God. Trust in Him at all times. O people, pour out your hearts before Him. God is a refuge for us. Men of low degree are only vanity, and men of rank are a lie. In the balances they go up, they are gathered lighter than breath, but do not trust in oppression. And do not vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, 
do not set your heart upon them. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God, and loving kindness is thine, O Lord, for thou dost recompense a man according to his work. Caleb, would you come up and pray for my message, please? All right, let's break. <clears throat> Beautiful God, thank you for this awesome day you give us today. Thank you for the great night we've had. Thank you for all those that traveled here from long distances and short distances. Thank you for letting everybody get here safely and watching over everybody on the roads. And thank you for letting us all be here, fellowship with one another, you know, listen to all the preachers and um, trust them and have them preach us through the word and in your name we pray, amen. Amen. So yeah, Bill's right about one thing. It doesn't matter where I go. I, I enjoy preaching to people singly, you know, sometimes a corner of myself and preaching to myself, which is really, <laughs> really awesome. You know, I, I don't know how many of you guys sit down when you study the Bible, you come up with so many messages through the passages that you read. Literally, if you went through my Bible, there are one-liners all over the place for messages that can be preached. And, and that's the way it works. That's where it starts. That's where we get excited about the word because it just fills us up. I heard a really good preacher tell me one time, he said, uh, the, the preaching messages that come out of us come from the overflow of the things that we've actually studied and read. Mm -hmm. And it does. It, it, it flows out of all of us. And so when we get that opportunity to come before our, our family and our fellowship groups, it's, a, it's an honor to be able to to be able to go through these. So with that, like Bill said, we're going to be turning to Ezekiel chapter 37. And it's going to start verses 1 through 14. And a lot of you have heard this story before, but it ties in pretty well because this is all Old Covenant. This is stuff that God has given us a foreshadow to as to what we're supposed to be looking forward to in the New Covenant. The things that really matter. Okay? The real, not just the foreshadow, but the real. So, starting in verse 1, chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. He set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among them around about. And behold, there was very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord, God, thou knowest. Again, he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, that you may become there that you may come to life, and I will put sinew on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones became, or the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were, 
on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, and breathe, and breath on these slain, that they come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the brethren and the breath came to them, and they came to life, and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Now you know, or now you will know that I am the Lord. When he when I have opened your graves and caused you to come out, come up out of your graves, my people, and I will put my spirit within you. And you will come to life, and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. See, in this story, I like to lay out a picture. When you're, when you're studying something through, it's really good to have a great picture in your head of what's going on. And I don't know if you've ever, most, most people have gone through this passage and read it. But I get this picture of walking into a big valley, kind of like being on the Oregon coast, where there's a lot of sand. And all of a sudden there's bones just laying everywhere. And so these bones are all over. And you're walking amongst them and there's nothing but just white, dry bones laying everywhere. But see, the thing about it is, is even though these bones are dry, God is telling us, that he is able to bring something like that to life. I mean, the rattling noise that came about when these bones are coming together, right? I mean, can you imagine me? You hear a little bit of rattling. I bet you it was loud. These bones coming together. And then all of a sudden, sinews and flesh start growing back. And as these things are coming together, I mean, you can kind of build yourself for a picture of what's taking place here. All of a sudden, there is an army, it says an exceedingly great army, standing before him. And you want to know what? They're still dead. These bones say themselves in verse 11, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. See, in the Old Testament, the way that this worked was the nation of Israel was supposed to be the people of God. They were supposed to be the chosen ones looking for the Messiah to come, supposed to be honoring God, and guess what they're doing? Nothing. They're doing nothing. Just like these dry bones were laying here doing nothing. And the bones themselves understand that they are perishing. It says they, there's no hope. 
Hope has perished. See, the message that we're bringing across today is what is hope? See, what is hope? These bones had no hope. The old nation of Israel had no hope. See, the, the nation that God's looking forward to, in this being a foreshadow, comes a little later when it talks about the spirit, about the breath of God entering a person, entering his true Israel. Who is the true Jew, according to scriptures? It's the Christian. This is talking about Christianity. This is talking about New Testament Christians. And before we knew God, we were dry bones laying in a field. But he is able to take that and make it something awesome and great. You know, you look at something like, uh, how many people pay attention to the Olympics? A few people, you know, it's all the, the greats, you know, are going to have everything together. But you know what? I remember years ago, the dream team, basketball, right? Hey, we got the dream team. You have all the best players in the United States playing for the United States. Who wants to go up against the dream team in basketball? I know I wouldn't want to, right? <laughs> I'd look pretty silly, I'll bet you. <laughs> These guys are trained. They're here to do a job. You want to know what's funny? They put this dream team together, and you know what? They almost got beat by other countries. You want to know why? Because they didn't have any teamwork. They might have been outstanding in their field. The sad thing was they were standing out in their field too long. See, they needed to work together. Just like the Bible teaches us how to work together. We come together. The, the hope that we have is off of God's word. Okay? It's like our faith. They go hand in hand. Faith and hope go hand in hand. But if you have no hope, then what are you going to build on for your faith? See, what's going to happen to us? If I went up against the dream team, I would get smushed or crushed, smashed. Man, it'd be like 118, zero. <laughs> See, but I, if, if you're in God... You're not going to have any fear at all. Because, see, here's the promise that he gave us anyways. We've already won. We've won. There is no way that when I walked onto that court that I would leave a loser. I don't care who you are. You might think that you are extremely insignificant to God, and you are not. As a matter of fact, you are more important than the dream team that was picked by someone else. You are God's dream team. You have been chosen by God. There is no greater honor than to be chosen by God to follow his instruction. But if we don't understand this hope that we have in God, see, we're going to lay around like these dry bones. But see, the most important thing about the hope that we have is it comes down here when you look into... Uh, Verse 14, it says, I will put my spirit within you and you will, be, you will come to life and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it. Done it, declares the Lord. 
So I don't want to spend a ton of time in Ezekiel, but for me, this paints a picture of understanding what we are in Christ and where we came from. We were dry bones without hope, without the Spirit of God. Once we got that Spirit put in us, we became an exceedingly great army and the dream team of Almighty God. The dream team. Do you think you're a dream team? See, if we understand what God has given us and the hope that we have before us, God tells us we are victors. We have already won. Already won. So all we have to do is push forward the word. Even if I cornea in my garage. But I'll make sure it's not 52 below. But I'll, be, I'll be nice. But anyways, let's go back and look at uh, hope. I want to turn to uh, Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. Just a couple of quick verses here. Titus chapter 1. Verses 2 and 3. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promises, promised long ages ago. But the proper time manifested even his word to the proclamation, which I entrusted according to the commandment of our God, our Savior. See, this hope of eternal life, the hope only comes from God. It is a promise from God. Hope is a promise from God. That's what it is. If you had a little kid and you said, hey, you know, I know that you're sitting in the dark over here, but I promise I'm coming back. How excited is that kid and nervous and all kinds of emotions running through him waiting for dad to show back up because he said he was going to, right? What if it prolonged? How much more scared is your kid going to be? Are you going to be waiting for God or your dad to show up? See, that's the thing. is The kid's going to have hope that his dad's going to show back up because he's terrified, frightened, and alone. See, but when dad shows up, all those emotions change. He is no longer alone. He is no longer in the dark, and he is no longer scared. See, when our dad, God, shows up in our life, there is nothing to fear. He said you already went through the first death, right? What's the second death going to do to you? Nothing. So what are we worried about? Why are, not we, why are we not out there trying to explain this to our family? I mean, I can tell you right now, praise God, I am super excited for Alan's parents. That makes me happy. That is, it's, it's emotional. It takes a long time to go through a lot of studies for people to actually want to adhere to the truth and to see what they are inside. And then it's like somehow you got to, you got to keep that excitement going, you know? It's like, hey, we got to, got to keep doing it, right? The promise of God is that we have already won. If we have the Spirit of God, we move right into a new place. He said that Israel, that he was talking about, the new land, that's heaven for us. We get to go to heaven when this is done. But he wants us to do a little bit of work. Let's turn to uh, Acts chapter 26. 
Acts chapter 26, and I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. 6 and 7. <clears throat> and now I am standing trial for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers, the promise to which our 12 tribes hope to attain as they eagerly serve God night and day. And for this hope, O King, I am being accused by Jews. You know who this is? You know who's speaking this? Jesus. He's on trial. But yet, the promise to which, to the 12 tribes. Hope is a promise made by God that we have already won. But see, hope becomes an emotion for most people. They just, oh, I hope this, or I hope that, oh, I hope I make it home safe, oh, I hope I... Home safe? Home safe is going to heaven. That's the only home safe we've got. The only way to get that? Oh, that's right. Let's turn back to Psalms chapter 62, our opening text. Psalms chapter 62 and verse 2. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. That's a huge, powerful verse for us. Something that we can get a rope and tie off from. That's something that's going to anchor us in, right? I'm not going to be moved. You want to know why? Because God's word. He only is my rock and my salvation. God, Jesus. They're invested. They put out this entire book for us to understand where we're supposed to be and where we're going. You know how many people miss it? You know how people aren't paying attention? You know people are reading their Bibles and they just are not quite getting it? They don't understand the power that God has. He created all this stuff for us to make a decision to follow Him, to live in His footsteps, and that was to sacrifice for other people. So sometimes, what are we doing? You know, are we trying to just hang out with our friends and family and just kind of keep it all nice and to ourselves? That's not what God wants. I can tell you right now that a picture that I have of Christianity for most people, have you ever seen a, a candle burning? It's like a flame that is barely lit. And if you walk by too fast, sometimes you can put that out. And I can tell you, if you understand God and you know the promise that he's given to us, he'll be like this fire. You put any kind of wood on that, it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But they don't understand how power of God that he puts in us. He puts that in us. We have that ability. We're the only ones that can snuff ourselves out. We have to have the ability to look greater to see ourselves as better than the dream team. We have been chosen by God, number one, to do His will or His work. And that's to change your heart. We change our heart. We learn how to love like Jesus loved. 
And then we're going to understand this word, how it applies to our lives every day. When he tells us to renew our minds, that's what he's talking about. Every day. How can I reach just one more person? And this is Jesus. He's, he's standing here making a defense. He doesn't have to make much of a defense because he's already won. See, the promise is that hope. Uh, if you flip over to, um, actually, you probably might not have to flip over too far. Um, Psalms chapter 59, verse 16, it says, But as for me, I shall sing of thy strength. Yes, I shall joyfully sing of thy loving kindness in the morning. For thou hast been my stronghold and a refuge in the day of my distress. O my strength, I will praise, or I will sing praises to thee, for God is my stronghold. God shows me loving kindness. This stuff is all over in the scriptures. This is a couple passages. I mean, I, I, I get it. Bill, Bill gave me, what, uh, 12 verses? And then I add a couple more. The thing about it is, is that David is singing these things as praises to God because he actually understood. He says, you, or he, when he's saying he only is my rock, he's talking about God. Yep. God is his rock. Who is our rock? Is it God? You know, are we letting ourselves get blindsided by the things that are out in the world? That stuff's going to burn. That stuff's going to perish. It's not going to be with us. You know, are we hoping for great health? We're not going to live. Our bodies are totally digressing right now. But our spirit's not. Our spirit's getting filled up. That's why we're at camp. We're getting filled up, man. We want to get charged up and filled up. We want to go do some work. How do we do that? It starts right here in the Bible. Get to know God. You know, it started out from, I, I studied a lot of New Testament just to kind of get some, some handles on the New Testament. Because that's what we are, right? We're New Testament Christians. But you know what I found out? All the entire Old Testament is referring to all the things that God promised us in the New Testament. And so it's exciting. I get to go read through the Old Covenant, and I'm, I'm actually excited. You come across passages like this, and it's talking about Israel, and you're thinking, oh, this is about Israel, man. Those people are done. No, it's talking about us. When we were dead, when we were dry bones, when we had no hope. See, we have hope. Because we're anchoring ourselves to God. Verse 7. On God my salvation and my glory rest. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. So who is God? God is the cornerstone of our hope. Because he laid this foundation for us to be able to just get a hold of and just drill in and be anchored off to. It is not going anywhere. No matter what kind of circumstances that you're in, I'll guarantee you, everybody in this room has different problems, different circumstances that can keep you from doing all kinds of things about God's will. And I can tell you, I can promise you right now, none of that stuff matters. I mean, we have to feed our families. We have to take care of our kids. That's okay. 
as long as we feed them with scripture. We get them in education so they can actually study it and read it for themselves. And guess what? That's where they anchor themselves on. They don't have to be on my strength because they're already anchored to God. They build their own faith. They have their own hope. And so my message today going through this stuff is to help you see a picture of what we were and what we are. We are an exceedingly great army before the Lord. He has put his breath or his Holy Spirit into us, and that has made us alive. Until that point, we were dead. We were hopeless. We aren't hopeless anymore. We have the Spirit of God in us, which is our hope. God says he's coming back for us. He's building us an immaculate kingdom. It's a promise. Just like he promised in the old covenant, he said he wouldn't destroy the earth again. He put a bow in the sky. What is that? It's a promise from God. He hasn't destroyed the entire earth with the flood because he said he wouldn't. See, it's a promise from God. This is a promise from God. That... That means something to us. That's where we can put our hope in. It's a promise. How am I doing? About over, huh? I got 15 minutes. Um, verse 8 says, Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Men of low degree are only vanity. And men of rank are a lie. See, one of the things about it is, is that God gives us these warnings and helps us understand that there are going to be lots of obstacles put before us, or put before us. Verse 10 says, Do not trust in oppression, and do not vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. You ain't going to get anything out of the physical stuff. Nothing. If we're not investing in the spiritual stuff, we're reverting ourselves right back to dry bones. That's not what God has in store for us. That's not why you've been chosen by Him. That's not why He put all of this stuff in here in a book for us to understand and sent His Son to the cross for it. That's not why He did that. He did that to give us hope to see that Jesus resurrected so guess what's going to happen to me? I'm going to be resurrected. Actually, I'm a son by adoption, he says. Full rights to the glory of God. How do you get that? Holy Spirit. Okay? Foundation. What, what are we tethering on to? What are we anchoring ourselves to? Jesus lived this life, even when he was being, you know, questioned, he was still, I got a promise from God. Guess what? I'm going to raise in three days and you don't even understand what's going to happen. And they didn't, they didn't have a clue as to what was going on. They thought he was bringing a physical kingdom. Nation of Israel again, right? What's the nation of Israel according to the new covenant? Church. The people. Who are we? The people. What do we have? A promise from God. We have the hope of our eternal salvation. 
that's going to be eternal salvation. Eternal. What does eternal mean? Forever. Eternal. It's one of the things you got to get in your brain. It's something. We study these things. We sit down and we have discussions about it. What's eternal life? Oh, that's eternal. Well, I can't comprehend it. You know what I see? I see a lot of people dying. Dying physically. Dying spiritually. And they have no hope. We have to get the hope to them. we got to build upon the cornerstone that Jesus laid out for us. Man, I love, I love Bill's passage for this stuff. There's so much of it. He told, he told me when we started, he's like, eh, just go through some Old Testament stuff and some New Testament, New Testament stuff on hope. And I was like, where do I start? <laughs> it's everywhere. This entire book is about the hope. The entire thing. I mean, I could literally just go like this and flip my Bible over. I guarantee I can find something that talks about the hope of God. The foundation that he has built for us. Helping us understand the dream team that we are. There are a lot of times I call upon a lot of brethren to help me out. You want to know why? Because we're a team. We're all hooked in together. Yeah, I get to talk to my wife about scriptures. You know? Ryan and Kayla just got married, so they just... But I guarantee you, if they didn't have something in common, they wouldn't be married. They got some good rooting in what we're looking for here. They get to have discussions. We get to leave this camp and drive to our homes and discuss the amazingness of God and the foundation He laid for us. The sacrifices He made for us. And I hope I built a picture for you of what those dry bones mean. Because <laughs> we don't have any hope if we are in that state. If you stay in that state, you are, you are literally our dead. You will not have a great eternal life, yet you will live eternal. The only great eternal process we have is the one that's been rooted by God. And it's the promise, the hope that we have in his word. So, that's all I have for you guys. But uh, keep that picture in your head. Keep that picture. Realize that you are God's dream team. Here's dream team. Thank you. Woo.